To another episode of the Beard of Baptists, we are Gene, John, and Darren. John, the uh, babyface Baptist. So, uh, but we thank everyone for joining us. And uh, if you uh, want more information on the show or what we're talking about, be sure to head over to sovereignjoy.org. This is uh, right now sponsored by them. It's our only sponsor or support. So we have openings if you're interested, but go there and you can find information about what we're talking about here. Uh, Sovereign Joy is a nonprofit organization, so we are uh, strictly supported by donations, um, but we have a lot of resources there. Uh, so please check that out. We'll have a link in the show notes. That's sovereignjoy.org. Um, guys, uh, how are we doing this week? Doing well. Oh, I have to turn your mics on. Did you mute, did you mute us still? I, I no. did, because you guys see... Misbehaving you, behind Yeah, the I know. What you don't know is they kept talking over my intro. So, I'm, I'm, mm. you know, we're trying to... We, 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 we thought it was better content. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you know, I try... I don't want to do a whole lot of editing of this, so we try to get this in one take. Um and so, you know, I'm sitting here fiddling with buttons and, and, and volume knobs. And every time I go to start the show, uh, someone has to hop in with, with a comment. So I just like, I'm just going to mute them. But I thought um, that was the way this, this, we roll with yeah. this thing, right? This is supposed to be spontaneous. Yeah. Well, which you, and, I just uh, never have your mics on. So. <laughs> All the shows. It's probably the way it's been the whole, <laughs> the whole time. time. <laughs> so the shows are just me talking. You just see our mouths moving. <laughs> so, all right. So, gentlemen. Uh, anything, uh, what's going on? We got spring in the air well, again, not, not to date our, the airing of our show, but it is kind of yeah. nice. We're, we're recording this the day before daylight savings time. Correct. Um, which, you know, I love because it's not dark at five o'clock anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not dark at five now, but at least you know, we have a little bit more time. Um, and it's just nice. Uh, Are they good? I mean, they've been talking about, and maybe it is going into effect. I, they're going to permanent. I thought it was it 2024. It's getting abolished. So we're not even going to touch the clocks anymore. I could be right, mistaken, but, but I thought there was which, a federal. In which place is it going to be well, permanently daylight savings or permanently the other way? I think it's when we push the clocks forward, we're just going to leave it alone. Good. Yeah. Which good. is daylight savings. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to well, permanently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got, um, for a few years, I lived in Arizona in, in mountain time, mm-hmm. and they don't do daylight savings. Yeah. Now, now it how started how, because of farmers or something like it's that. It's a Ben right? Franklin thing, yeah. Was there no farmers, I guess? In, in There's just a the, desert the, in Arizona. The, the cowboys were like, never mind this daylight savings yeah. mess. We don't need pish posh. They, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't go and tell time. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> but, but you have this one, one zone in America that doesn't <laughs> comply, which is, is awesome. I love that already. The not complying thing. Um, and that was great. When I lived there, there was no, 
There's no falling back. There was no springing forward. Your time was your time. You know, now it complicated things because then you had to calculate, okay, who's ahead now by how much who's behind, um, you know, like what time of year am I in? And, and so with that, you had to kind of keep track of, uh, but it was great now out there, you know, of course their whole weather in Arizona is much different than ours here on the East coast in the, in the Northeast. Um, which is amazing, and I would love to kind of go back to that area again. But at least for us, we get to we lose an hour of sleep, which some people aren't too happy about. Um, I don't mind that uh, for the sake of you know having sun, yes, sunlight at seven, and then of course as it as it goes on, you know throughout the the summer, you know looking outside at nine o'clock and you still have a little bit of light in the sky. Um, it's, it's a yeah. wonderful thing. Like, you know, we always joke around here in my neighborhood that people come out of hibernation. You know, I haven't seen my neighbor in like three months because of the winter. Right. And then spring comes and everybody comes out of hibernation that work in their, in their yards and, you know, yeah. Gene has that too out in his homestead. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If anyone, man. So what else is going on? I mean, I took my son, dropped him off. That's a big yesterday. step. Yeah. Wow. Wow. He's got a, I mean, he's had a job kind of, but he was working remotely since COVID. Gotcha. And so he was at home. He graduated early from college, came home during COVID and he just changed jobs. So we moved him. Mm. Got his first apartment all by himself now. Jen's having a tough time with it, but. And, and it's not just that, it's that he's a few hours away. Yeah, so it's not like he's away, still yeah. in the yeah. area. And, not super and close, his, but not super far either. Yeah, but still enough to where he's away. He's like yeah. officially away. It's not, And it feels different than college because they're, you know, they're going away, but there's lots of people their age. Correct. They're going to make new yeah. friends. They're, they're, there's a lot of activities that they're involved in. But now it's real life, real life on your own, yeah. Yeah. shopping for your own groceries, cooking your own <laughs> yep. food, doing all that stuff. Yeah. Know? That's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a man stuff here. That's right. Yeah. The, you got to do it at some point. Well, this is true. This is true. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's great because, uh, the manner in which it's happened as well, right? Like Jack, um, is someone who's got a good head on his shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's not a, I'm getting out of here because I can't stand you guys. And, you know, I'm ready to spread my wings kind of thing. Right. Um, which is kind of what it was more for me, uh, in some ways. Um, it, it was something where, you know, he's a very responsible person, you know, take, takes a good job. And now is kind of, you know, starting to establish himself as his yeah. own individual person, um, and as a man, so, you know, praise God and amen. And for, you know, for that, yeah. that's what we're like really kind of, uh, you know, pushing for is cause, cause I mean, you know, the, the pattern now is this failure to launch kind yeah. of thing where you, where you see people, you know, getting onto thirties, you know, mid thirties, they're, they're still with their parents, um, and, and it's one thing, you know, if you're there to care for a parent, right? Right. And, but it's another thing if it's, you know, you're you're in your 30s and it's, oh, hey, mom, 
you know, is my laundry done? Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? <laughs> or you know, you know, hey, 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 Billy, you know, why, uh, why aren't you out out of, out of the house? Oh, wait, mom, I, I've got to go. You know, my squad, uh, you know, on, on call of duty is waiting for me. Mm. I can't do that right now. So that seems to be the pattern um, is this whole, like, I've got to find this great, incredible, uh, you know, life-fulfilling career first, and then I will somehow maybe move out. Um, and it didn't used to be like that, right? It was, you know, you, you get a job whether it's something that's that you fulfilling like or, or not, not. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. do it because it's what you wonder why to do how it's gotten that way. You know, I, I think, you know, doing part, like, like I look at my dad and, and my dad started working when he was really young, you know, um, doing what he could do at that time to help support the family because yeah. they just didn't make a lot of money. So, you know, if, so he, could, if he could go out at 15, we've made it too easy. On, I think on it's, our children. You know how so. it's always that um, you want to give your kids what you didn't have. Yeah. Growing up, um, I think there's a bit of that, <laughs> and because of that, it's actually turned around and bitten them in the behind. So it's done like the opposite thing. Um, you know why? Why leave the nest if the nest is comfy? Um, you know, there's no real push to leave the nest. Uh, mm-hmm. If I've got everything I need, you know, mom's still feeding me. Uh, it's it's safe here. Um, and who knows? You know, maybe too, you know, when we look at a previous generation, there was what appeared to be a lot more turmoil. You know, we, we go back from, you go from the Depression era, then you go right into World Wars, one and two. Shortly, you know, after that, you start getting into Vietnam, Korea. Yeah. And th- so those were all the that that young those that ge- those generations when they were younger, in their, you know, twenties so yeah. to speak, they were going off to some war. They had right. to grow up real right. fast, right? You're not going to come back from that and move in with mom and dad. Yeah, no, you know, no. it was a whole different time. Yeah, and plus, I mean, <clears throat> you know, could you see a lot of the generation now? I mean, you know, a lot of these guys couldn't fit their man buns in their helmet, right? Like you can't have that. <laughs> so. I mean, let, let's just face it. You, you, yeah. To, it's just a different yeah, mindset. Yeah, they had to grow up, for sure. They were forced to grow up. Forced, mm-hmm. And uh, you In know what? Way. I think that's the thing, right, is, is they were forced to do that. But they also, I don't know, I, I think there was the the idea of responsibility with family, and I need to contribute to this. And I, I think this is something that's kind of been lost, mm-hmm. is that the family is everyone that's in that home um, shares the responsibility to make that home work, right? So when it's after dinner, if you look in a, in a household and mom is the one who's, say, in the kitchen putting everything away, doing all the dishes, cleaning up after dinner, and the kids are off playing video games, something's wrong there, right? right. It should be everyone is working to make that household, you know, run efficiently. Um, I, we did uh, uh, a parenting class um, at our church. And one thing that we were talking about was ch- uh, chores and kind of asking the, and the, the people in the class, um, you know, did you do chores when you were young? 
And I was really surprised because there was a, a couple ladies there who, um, I, I don't know if, if their parents, um, came here from Africa or if it was like maybe their grandparents, but they still had a very, uh, their, their idea of family, you know, it was still very tight, you know, and, and, you know, of course they, they're like nodding their head. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had chores. And so I asked them, you know, well, what, what, what were they? And there's, oh, well, we, you know, we were responsible for doing the, you know, washing the clothes, you know, naming, I said, okay, well, how, how old were you when you started? And they're like, oh, we started when we were about five. <laughs> five. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man, I thought, you know, I mean, I, I have my, you know, start my kids around 11, 12 doing vacuuming and things like that. And I thought I was like, you know, kind yeah. of well, on, look at on, the, on cutting edge. The, um, you know, I brought up the, that I live next to Amish yeah. before, right? Um, the one child, I, I don't know how old he is. I, I don't know if he's five. He might be a little older than that, but he's holding a battery operated, you know, like DeWalt weed whacker, you know, weed, <laughs> weed eater. Yep. Like, and that thing's bigger than him, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he's, you know, out there. It's like practically, you know, he's just squatting <laughs> down to the ground. And he's, yeah, I mean, yeah. like at a very young age, they're out there doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah, Right? I've never seen the the man of the family, the father. Mm -hmm. He doesn't he doesn't garden or cut grass mm -hmm. or do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, he's going out. He's doing carpentry. He's building stuff. He's, you know, doing stuff the big manly things, mm -hmm. but tending to the rest of the place, mm -hmm. it's all the children and the, and the wife mm. that do that stuff. I'm done. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, well, well, what would happen now is you'd have uh, child pr protective services would be called if you, if your son was out there at five years old, you know, a weed eater. With a weed, yeah, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Can you imagine him out there, like <laughs> you know, cutting the limbs and and, and whatnot? And, and and well, and I think part of it too is just the responsibility of teaching the children respect for these instruments. Um, that at that young age, right? Like I think you know, one thing that we see this is in the area of firearms. Uh, you look at you know, typical kind of the South where hunting, all this stuff is like a family, family traditions. And these children are brought up around that. They understand that a firearm is very dangerous. They are also taught to respect them. And I think that's very important that they, instead of being shielded from these things and these, you know, yeah, out of, you know, obviously yeah, you, you, you have firearm responsibility. I'm not saying you just, like me, you leave guns laying around the house, but the children know, yeah, and and they know what the, the what the purpose of these things are for. Um, they know that's how what, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up with in the same environment, um, family tradition of hunting, multiple generations. Yeah, so there were guns in the family. I mean, in the household since I was born. Yeah, and I was taught how to use them. I was you know, using BB guns when I was old enough and I was taught all about it from my parent, from my father, my grandfather, you know, as soon as I was of age, I was going hunting and, you know, there was a whole, there was a, a group of guys, right? Group of men that are passing on, you know, all the elements of the outdoors mm. and 
respect for the outdoors and just respect for firearms and safety aspects. Right, you got a twelve-year-old carrying around a shotgun. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean that's what I was doing, right? <laughs> but now I think about it, gosh, I wouldn't trust some twenty-year-olds with a shotgun. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, let alone twelve-year-olds. We we had that discussion when it came to like um, alcohol, and um, again, you know, for people listening, we we celebrate our Christian liberties and our Reformed uh, theology here, so we like to. Have a uh, well-crafted beverage, uh, you know, and we, or, you know, like Spurgeon, we like to smoke a cigar to the glory of the Lord. Um, And I think, you know, we uh, sort of saw this with uh, some of my my wife's family um, who probably won't listen to the show, so I can maybe say this, but there was an idea of shielding at first of, okay, well, don't, don't let the kids, you know, see this or know that you have it versus oh no here here's this you know drink but it has to be consumed responsibly there's a proper way to you know use this and i I think that this can fall into all these categories of you know power equipment to firearms to uh proper use again of, of alcohol um that that way there isn't like this curiosity that's built up to the point of when dad's not looking, I'm going to go grab this. Yeah. It's because the forbidden, it's the forbidden. Thing, right. 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 I mean, it goes back to the garden, you know, yeah. don't eat forbidden from this fruit. Yeah. Well, I want to go and eat from it. You know, I want to see this. You Surely know. dad didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, and again, I, I think too, this also goes into, um, what really, I think, in some ways drives me nuts uh, aspect of one of many things on social media is you see people when they're out and they're always like holding their drink up. You know, it's like, oh, hey, look at us. And it's coming to associate fun with this yeah. thing, this item, this beverage, and that you can't have it without it. That's how all the advertising is, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you see that, though, and you see this within even, you know, particular circles of, you know, some of the people, maybe even at church, I don't know. Uh, but this idea of, oh, hey, we're partying, and here's our our drink. Um, and, and uh, you know, kids see that, and it's, oh, wow. So this equals fun time. I want to have that fun time, and then... I'm going to get yeah. it in some way when mom. You mentioned the, the cigar thing too, but I mean, it just if you look at where where advertising went with smoking, right now it doesn't really exist too much. I don't, I don't no, think. There's but, no worse. But you know, it was the same way advertising. I mean, I think we talked about maybe, maybe talking a bit more about how how um, how this affects us overall, maybe in some future episodes, mm. um, where all kinds of various sins are are being sold to us and we're being tempted every day, all day, all around us through every sort of, uh, media type and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, it was to be manly. It was the macho man, right? The cowboy with his cigarette, you know, Marlboro man type of thing that, I mean, that's how they, they sold <laughs> that stuff and they do, but they're doing it with alcohol, right? I mean, you, yeah. you watch yeah. any sports, uh, you know, 
on a weekend or whatever, any, any type of sports, the major sponsors of them are always alcohol companies, Budweiser and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all the commercials, you don't have some, you know, some drunkard, you know, stumbling around looking like an idiot, right? In, yeah. in the, in the, uh, advertisement. No, of course not. You know, but it, it's the, it's the cool guy with the, mm. with the beautiful girl and, you know, mm. and it's the beach and it's so much fun. It looks like great. Like this is like, yeah, the, you know, the perfect scene, right. And he's drinking his whatever, you know, beverage. Mm. So you grow up associating with if I'm going to be cool. I'm going to get the girl. I got to mm. do this stuff. Yeah. And then you combine that. Uh, well then, so, so you see that and then you combine it with some, you know, going to get a little bit of touch some hot water here, but some particular denominations, uh, shall we say over aggressive condemnation of say alcohol as one thing in particular, yeah. right? Well, that can just heighten the yeah. curiosity then of someone, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, Oh my goodness. The these guys direction. are so against this. And it's so dangerous. It's so evil. I want it. Um, instead of talking about it in a responsible manner, as far as, yeah, sure. You know, my conviction is, you know, alcohol is not uh, forbidden. Um, but like everything else, we must be responsible, um, not overindulge. And of course not let it control us. Um, and sure. that, and that's with everything. I mean, I, look, I grew up in IFB. I, w I was saved, uh, in a, in an independent fundamentalist Baptist, uh, church. Um, and I, and through those years saw many, um, very portly preachers that would condemn alcohol, but were like, you know, gluttons downing yeah like <laughs> yeah. you know still had the grease on their fingers from the sausages they had for breakfast or something right so they want to condemn one thing well let's talk about gluttony then and the same respect or being just stewardship in general like you know what you can say condemn alcohol or smoking but you're so full of preservatives and artificial sweeteners and all these other things that are yeah cancer causing as well Let's not. Yeah, we're we're a bit inconsistent. I, I always <laughs> thought it was there was this inconsistency around around caffeine too. Because, oh, you know, caffeine is a pretty potent stimulant, right? Um, I mean, we, we we condemn nicotine, and I'm not here to say that we should have nicotine necessarily. But if you smoke one cigar every once in a while, and you get the residual nicotine that you would mm. get from not inhaling a cigar, which is, you know, it's different, I think, than smoking two packs a day, right? Sure. They're just yeah. nicotine carriers. But, but, you know, we wouldn't, wouldn't think anything of the guy that drinks a pot of coffee every day or is, <laughs> you know, downing monster energy drinks all day long, yeah. right? And yeah. They're, like, high on caffeine all day, Yeah. right? I mean, it's like, that's not good either yeah. you're, you're medicating yourself it's a stimulant yeah right that's, that's right i mean it's you a have stimulant. people that's it's like a huge I, stimulant. I can't do blah without having my coffee mm. right yeah. don't talk to me before i've had my coffee um <laughs> which i think i'll have my sip of my coffee yeah <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it but it's just like everything should i mean we should be aware that there's this type of stuff everywhere yeah right even well i mean that that's it okay so here's another little 
bit of controversy. Now that I've mentioned alcohol and tobacco, I might as well just go to the full Monty. And guns. Uh, oh, and guns. My goodness. Whew, wow. Well, then, let me just throw this into it. Um, the CBD oil I've been taking. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Man, now, 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 now I'm throwing weed, you know, marijuana uh, into it, but... I think that's what something. is the topic for today. We're going. Yeah, we're we're going into. <laughs> well, our actual topic will be about will of, the will of God, finding about you know, uh, finding God's will as men. When we when we're talking about living our life as as godly men, biblical men, um, how do we navigate that? Uh, but to get yeah, get back, back to my CBD see. part because because I'm not getting off that bandwagon. Because <laughs> um, I, I actually I have very strong feelings about that. Um, as far as the medicinal purposes, like, and I mean legitimate medicinal purposes. Uh, this is very different than rolling up a, a joint and smoking marijuana, as opposed to them being able to take a plant um, and extract something from it that has pain-relieving properties. So someone like me who's, who's struggled with chronic pain for years and years... Um, who is able to take some of this this oil, which is one mil, this little tiny bit, every day, and has had some decent relief from it, from an overall mm. achiness in my joints. Um, you know, it does not affect my cognitive abilities. I don't, you know, sit there and like zone out. I'm not seeing rainbows and you know purple unicorns. You know, it, it, it does not affect that in any way. It doesn't affect my you know, my, my reasoning. Um, but, uh, my wife and I were talking about that, uh, last night when we were leaving your house, Gene, because we passed by a very large, uh, mm, processing yeah. growing area that's around huge. Uh, yeah. Huge. And of course you smell it. And the idea of, okay, is this something that is okay for a Christian? Right. Mm. And, you know, I see, I see it in, in, in a couple ways. First of all, if there is, like I've said, a, a legitimate medicinal purposes that you're not taking it for, um, you know, to alter your state of consciousness, which really comes down to any pain medicine, right? Sure. Any pain medicine you can take and, you know, and I've had them, you know, the oxys, you know, you name it, oxycontin, oxycodone, hydrocodone, um, you know, Percocets. I, Percocets. Yeah. yeah. Any, all they're all things. narcotics. They're so all the, narcotics. the irony of it all, right? I mean, we think about, oh, they're extracting CBD oil or whatever from a plant. Mm -hmm. Well, where do you think the other stuff comes from, too? Well, that's, I right? like that. Op opioids mm -hmm. are from, you know, I mean, yeah, you got heroin. Yeah. But you got legalized versions of heroin that they can right. prescribe to people. Yeah. And I like the idea of something that being a little bit more natural as far as something that's more synthetic mm. and chemically based that has so many more side effects, potential side effects. And then you think, what are the long-term, you know, ramifications on your body for taking, if you're taking an oxy, if you're taking one of these things, you, you, you build up your tolerances to it. You, what else, what else are you damaging by taking these, these pills, right? As opposed to, something that they just soak a plant in oil and then you take that like that to me just seems like a more natural approach to yeah. something uh -huh. as opposed to taking this artificial thing 
Um, so, so that's my, if I haven't alienated like everyone by now, that one probably just put it over the edge. Um, but I topic, think the key but. theme is like there, this stuff's all around. Yes. There, there are things that there are quote unquote legal or whatever. Um, but also generally accepted. Yeah. We don't even think about right. The coffee mm. with all of its caffeine, the monster energy drink with all of its caffeine, whatever, completely legal. Don't even think about it. You could be drinking those all day, Yeah, you, you know, at church and no one would say a word to you or, or the fact is you could take the prescription that you got mm. from the doctor must all be good. Right. And the reality is it's, it's legalized heroin practically. Right. Yeah. That people yeah. are taking for, for pain and stuff like that. So you just got to watch and be just aware. I think that, that one, you're, you're, you're trying to be sold on all kinds of sin all around us all the time. And two, like, let be, let's be consistent because mm-hmm. everything we're ingesting in our food and our drink, whatever, we have to be aware of what's mm. in there and make sure that we're not doing things that, that for the wrong reasons, mm. that we're not becoming addicted to things that weren't, you know, cause mm. you could do it with legal things and things that would be universally accepted in the church. Um, and, you know, on a flip side, don't get too legalistic about any of this stuff either. Because as long, you know, if you're able to, you know, use it, use things properly, then it's probably okay. And let alone when you get into the idea of a mood altering drug, such as when we start talking about Paxil and Xanax and Wellbutrin. And, you know, even nowadays, those type of medicines are, it's like commonplace and we've taken these medical diagnosis. Well, it's not even a medical diagnosis. We can talk about that later. And and you wear them as a badge of honor. And then it's like, oh, you know, I I have anxiety, and so I take yeah. Xanax or or whatever, right? Um, we talked about it last time, right? We talked about children. We talked about yeah. boys being medicated more yeah. more often than yes. than girls because they're just being men they're just be well they're just being masculine right and they're exhibiting what god how god created us right to be full of energy to be you know out there um taking dominion whether yeah. it's taking dominion of the fort they build in the woods or That's whatever right. it is That's this right. is how boys were made right and if they're distracted because they're looking out of the window because they'd rather be building the fort than um than doing math problems or whatever it is the teacher's trying to teach them, um, you know, there's a tendency to say, you know, they have attention deficit or whatever, and the first thing they want to do is medicate these kids. And so it's the same it's the same idea, and we'll accept that somehow for some reason. And I want to um, make a quick note that this will probably be a two part episode. Today. We haven't even got to the will of God because we haven't even we, we haven't gotten <laughs> to that to to our subject yet. And uh, we're already 30 minutes in, um, and we're sure that people probably don't tune in to just hear us rant uh, or, or talk about our day. But uh, we, will, we will get to that, um, and it will probably go into a part one, a part two. Because one thing we were talking about, uh, we kind of started talking about pre-show um, when we were discussing, like, what's, what's been happening in in our lives. Um, and I started to kind of go into, um, a little bit of, uh, what's been going on with me, uh, in particular the past, 
I don't know, say month or so. Um, and so we decided to say, hey, why don't we instead of talk about this now, let's, let's save it for the show because it does kind of have to do with um, God's will. You know, when we talk about uh, being a biblical man, uh, biblical mas- masculinity, that's kind of what this uh, first season of, of, of the beards is about. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're looking at these particular areas um, that we face as men, right? Where we, you know, we're going to have shows about where we talk about finances, stewardship, you know, of things like our money and our time, you know, these resources we're going to, you know, we're going to discuss parenting. We're going to discuss marriage and relationships um, and various things. And one of the key things is kind of like, you know, as new believers, when you're, when you're a new Christian um, and even later in life, when it's this, okay, what do I do? You know, if you're younger, you're like, what do I do with my life? Um, and this kind of topic is always, you know, these little keywords, you know, are, are thrown around God's will, find God's will for your life. And it could be like, okay, well, how do I do that? Like we always hear about this, but how does this actually like work out? And so <clears throat> this has kind of been working out a little bit with me. So I'll use this then as a transition, um, into our time, um, I'm not going to get into too many specifics or even mention particular names, but let's just say for the past, I don't know, maybe six months in general, kind of been wrestling with uh, a a direction um, of kind of moving toward and the possibilities of, um, well, I'll just say a a church plant. So um, the, the, so this has kind of caused, uh, not, I, I just want to say like, not let's call some discussion in the, in the church that I'm at right now, you know, kind of figuring this out, kind of how, how, how to kind of walk through these things. Um, uh, because I have a little bit different opinions on God's will and kind of how that works out and how he shows this right then then what could be say considered the norm um and so the the past what was it last week or so i had a visit with a couple friends but who are also elders of the church kind of like talk about some of the stuff talk about what's going on with me and um you know that that was a that was a good time of talking but then i also that week had a sit down um with another one of our elders who's you know, I would consider a dear friend as well because he's someone who, um, you know, kind of spent some mentoring relationship with me for uh, a few years when I um, started attending this this church, and we have a really good relationship. So we sat down and and we're talking um, because we had had in you know for for people listening to this um, part of the process of kind of uh, with with the church that I'm at now. Uh, they have like a, a like like a releasing process uh, for possible church planners, and so I had this initial meeting with the with the elder board, um, and that meeting kind of I guess didn't go the best, um, and due in part probably with some of my stubbornness to, uh, you know, I was trying to really kind of hold to some verbiage that biblical verbiage that I see. Um, and I did not necessarily share everything. 
um, that could have influenced maybe how that meeting would have went. Let's put it that way. So I had had this talk with the, uh, with this elder and kind of explained to him. It was our first time to kind of get to sit down after this meeting. And uh, he wanted to, you know, talk to me and just see how I was doing. Um, and I explained to him that I kind of knew how that particular meeting was going to go because um, going into it, I was trying to use like a, like I've said, just particularly scriptural qualifications. All right. What does that look like? Um, and I think, and this isn't anything against them um, or the, or the, or the church, but we've kind of, and this will tie into our subject of God's will. Um, we've kind of brought in some extracurricular uh, qualifications or expectations when someone is describing um their desires to do something, right? We're looking for some experiences. We're looking for, you know, we, we, we hold up, look at other people's experiences and, and start to use those as qualifications. And so I was kind of against that. I didn't want to do it from the beginning, like from that perspective. I wanted to use strictly biblical. Um, so I explained that and, and he said, that's, you know, great. But then he said, so what have you been doing since then? Mm. All right. So at, since this meeting that was, you know, like a month and a half ago, what have you been doing? And I, and I said, well, not, not really a whole lot. I said, I've been kind of wrestling with some things. And I, I told him, you know, I, I'm in Samuel right now and I'm, and I'm reading through Samuel and I'm reading about uh, Saul and seeing that Saul uh, had the kingdom taken from him because of his disobedience. Um, you know, he didn't wait for Samuel. You know, he made the sacrifice and, and the Lord was displeased and so because of that, Saul, the Lord told Saul his kingdom would be taken. And I expressed that um, I was kind of feeling like Saul. And so I went kind of into my backstory and explained, and, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I would kind of had this discussion before, but uh, for the sake of people listening and, and you guys who maybe don't know all this, um, I was saved when I was 15. I accepted the Lord, um, or he saved me, uh, when I was 15, uh, a year or so, year and a half later, um, kind of, again, looking for direction, looking for what I should do. Um, I was at the altar cause this was a independent fundamental Baptist church. So, you know, we had the altar calls and all that. So I'm up there one, one night and I'm really praying and, um, I have what feels at the time like this just pressure on me, like literally feeling like you're being pushed into the floor, um, just this heaviness. And um, yeah, I still feel kind of weird talking about it, but just kind of in my mind seeing me speaking or preaching, right? I'm thinking, okay, is this me? But okay, all right, Lord, if this is, if you're telling me something, then. I'll listen. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I shared it with a couple people at school. I went to a Christian school that was affiliated with this church and I was not the best student. Um, I was kind of a class clown, very sarcastic. I got in a lot of trouble with that. So, uh, so, so I was a little reluctant to kind of share this part. Uh, cause I, I knew what the reaction was going to be. And so I didn't say it, but a schoolmate said, um, at the beginning of class to our, to our Bible teacher, 
um, hey, Mr. So-and-so, guess who feels called to preach? And he said, who? He says, Darren. And he kind of chuckled. And, you know, that really kind of, you know, if you're already kind of insecure about something, to have a teacher then kind of like, ha, 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 you know. So um, time goes by at the school. I end up uh, being released from the school because of differences I had with the principal. Uh, end up, I, I go in the Air Force because uh, it was something, you know, I, I, I could do. Uh, I, I come back home and I start to attend my, my sister's church, which was uh, a charismatic Baptist church. And that kind of sounds like an oxymoron. There's a long explanation in there that I'm not going to go into right now. Um, but it going from this IFB church to this, it was very freeing in a way because it, you know, the, the worship was completely different. Um, I wouldn't say it was full Pentecostal, uh, but it was very charismatic. So during that time, um, and you know, I'll, I'll get your guys' opinions too when this is done about about this. Um, yeah, keep having a camera shut off, and I don't know why. Um, so I shared my testimony, and then after the testimony, a lady comes up to me who kind of has a, a bit of a um, she's known um, for receiving these like words of knowledge from the Lord, kind of like these insights. Um, again, I'm not going to get into whether or not this, this is legitimate or not, uh, you know, because a lot of people in the reform circles would reject that this. And she basically was like saying that I need to get on doing what God had told me to do. Um, so then it's so, much, so I'm trying to work this out, figuring out how, how, I want to do this because I had a really strong conviction that churches should bring up the next set of leaders, right? Um, you know, I know it, it's normal now. We kind of ship people off to colleges, to seminaries uh, to get trained. Um, but even at this time, at this young age, I was like really feeling like this needs to, I think this is a responsibility of the church, um, because we see a lot of these things like this, you know, we see, you know, now, now I'm a, a biblical counselor and we see churches that just kind of pass people off to quote unquote, the professionals to get counsel. Right. But I feel strongly that that is actually a role of the church. So, so I, I was kind of sharing with my pastor and, uh, you know, these things and, you know, they, they were more of the mindset of, well, you know, just go, go off to go to seminary. And, um, we were at a men's retreat with our church there. And there was a man there who, uh, he was an older gentleman. He was a farmer, uh, not someone, you know, not like a Benny Hinn looking person in a, in a nice suit. The guy wore like Wilson sweats and, and like, not even like the fancy ones. Like these were just gray. Right. You know, so he wasn't even like in Jordans or anything like that. So, uh, but this guy, again, not to get into the subject of, you know, spiritual gifts as far as, you know, manifestation, uh, prophecy, those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I'm not, I don't believe the capital P prophets exist today. Uh, but can people get insights from the Lord? 
all I know is that this guy um, could look at certain guys and knew what was going on in their life. Like he would just call it out. And uh, my pastor described it like it's like he's read your mail. So the evening's winding down and I'm, and I'm in the back. I'm talking to the, the pastor and the youth pastor about like what I should do. And he's like, why don't you go have this guy pray for you? You know, he's like, you know, having all this insight and stuff. So I walk up to him and I say, you know, um, brother so-and-so, I said, do you have one, one more prayer in you? Because he was getting tired. And like I said, he wasn't in the best health. He was an older man. And he, he just grabs me, bear hugs me. And he's praying. And then he's done. And he steps back and he, and he touches my mouth. And he says, you're thinking about preaching. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he says, we'll, we'll do it. So I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm feeling some, some confirmation here. Well, then like our church kind of went through some turmoil. Uh, ended up like dividing that uh, this is where I met Nancy and of course, you know, get into a relationship and then all your plans go off the rails and not to blame her. But so we end up leaving, we end up getting married and kind of, you know, the thing where you just want to get the job and, you know, have something stable to, to support your wife and all this. And so I didn't end up going to college. Um, time goes by. And so this kind of up and down begins to happen in my life of, all right, I really, I'm not finding contentment in these other things. I need to go after here. But then I would come back to thinking like, wow, I messed up though. Right. Cause now I'm, now I'm almost 30. And if I go to college and then seminary, I'm going to be in my forties by the time I'm done. And you know, it's too late and time's passed me by. So, um, I end up looking for fulfillment and things and other areas of life um, that, you know, just never would do that. So, and I shared in, in, I think in in our first episode where this almost led to our divorce um, because of these things, I just kind of, you know, out of, uh, you know, desperation, searching and trying to fill voids had just created this whole separate life for myself. So, um, all that happened, restoration happened, Nancy and I, you know, are, are, we kind of recommit and we're doing things the right way. Um, and so this comes back down to, again, these feelings of wanting to pursue this. And so this is kind of like what led up to our conversation where I'm getting to with Saul is, did I mess this up? Okay. Because I did not obey back mm-hmm. when I had the opportunity and it was clear had I now messed this up now and now I'm kind of pursuing something out of my flesh and I didn't want to do that. So this talk now with, with, um, with uh, this elder, uh, Steve, let's start using his name, um, was very good. It was, it was very, um, uh, Took a, took a big weight because he said a couple things that I hadn't thought of before. And the first thing was, he said, well, you're not Saul. <laughs> he said, you're not Saul, first of all. He said, God never wanted Saul to begin with. The people wanted Saul. And they're the ones who chose Saul. God didn't choose him. And that his kingdom was taken away. Well, he wasn't supposed to have that kingdom to begin with. 
And then he, you know, and, and he brought up, he's like, you know, yeah, there's, there is a part of disobedience here and there's a penalty. And he says, the penalty is the fact that, you know, you could have been much farther along had you started and listened and obeyed in your twenties. He said, but that doesn't mean that God still isn't necessarily calling you to do that now and that it's now somehow too late to start. So, so that was a, that was a really good meeting and it really kind of helped settle things for me personally and and has actually kind of given me the confidence to move forward in that. So, you know, so that being said, when people hear this, you know, there, we are looking to, um, plant a church. Um, we're kind of praying through that, looking at a particular area, whether that, that will be here in our home state, Delaware, or right over the line closer to a jeans homestead, um, over in Maryland. Uh, but we've kind of been able to, um, move forward with some of that planning, that particular planning of that. Um, and this kind of gets into now, um, you know, we've talked about it, we're, we've pretty much decided on the name of Providence Church because, um, again, we're, we're good Reformed people here. We believe in God's providence and God's providence being his sovereign will enacted. You know, this is how God works things. And he's worked things this past year by putting people in paths and, and things like this that have kind of really brought all this together. So seeing God's providence um, and being obedient to God's providence, um, we're now going to really be moving forward with that. So um, our website is going to be myprovidencechurch.com. You can check that out. We've got information on there. So, and as this pro- podcast progresses, we'll have more information about that. But all that to long story right there that took up another 20 minutes of our time being said of God's will. All right. Does, how do we find that? How does someone out there listening? Cause I mean, look, there's probably not a bigger thing that people wrestle with as a young Christian or really, or any stage of their life than God's will. And I think this is, I, I don't know if this is maybe something to just keep selling books. Um, or, or what, because I think there's, you know, been several people that have really laid it out the best. Um, MacArthur, John MacArthur being one of them who, who did a sermon on one and, uh, Gene has those points written down, uh, uh, of that, that is clearly in the, in scripture. Um, but I feel like we have let a lot of, um, people's experience come into play and almost become scripture-like of these qualifications of God's will, you know, how we look for it. Um, and one recent uh, message I listened to by Vody Bauckham, uh, that I think this was something he did a while ago, though. Uh, really, we have ways of looking for God's will that is really mysticism, not Christianity. It's not biblical. It's mysticism, where we're looking for these signs and confirmations right. and and things like that. So, so we were going to talk about that. Um, like I said, we're going on about 50 minutes. So, um, whether or not we want to start it fresh in the next episode, I I just want to add something. I think maybe we we can decide that I think, but I mean, you went through your, 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 um, description or your story there. Mm -hmm. And maybe to some that would be listening to this, 
that sounds like mysticism or that 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 kind of points in that direction mm. or feels like it's another story of God's will being to be a preacher. Mm. And I'm here to from the perspective of cuz I've wrestled with this too, feeling like I've heard way too many times and I I can feel like I'm constantly hearing or sensing that if I'm not a missionary or I'm not a preacher that I am somehow wasting my life or I'm somehow <laughs> not a good Christian. Mm. And I think the vast majority of people listening to this are not put in their place. They're not in a place where God intends them to be preachers or missionaries. Mm. And so we are, you know, God's sovereign over everything. And you might, you know, you might be given the, the talent and be put in a place where you're supposed to be, a, you know, in, in local government, uh, you're supposed to be a carpenter. You're supposed to run, you know, a local um, general store, Wh- whatever it might be. You know, you should be, you know, you know, pursuing God's will is not, you know, I, I you know, f- I need, you know, to, to pray really hard, and I need, you know, God's going to, you know, give me signs of where, where I need to go. And it's all going to be very spiritual. Um, mm. So the stuff that, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it already, right? John MacArthur just kind of really lays it out pretty simply. And, and you know, when I listened to that the first time and he's just rattling off scripture after scripture after scripture, yeah. that's God's will in your life is this. God's will is this. God's will is this. I'm like, gosh, could it be any more explicit? Like it's all throughout the Bible what God's will is and and, and so, you know, the, the written word is his revelation to us. We don't, you know, he uses this funny story. It's like the, the guy that's walking down the street, slips on a banana peel, lands mm. on a, lands on a newspaper that, that, you know, has, uh, whatever, um, you know, some Island in the Caribbean and they're like, Oh, I think that's God telling me that I'm supposed to be a missionary there on that Island in, in the Caribbean. It's yeah. like, really, that's, that's. <laughs> you're you're looking in the wrong yeah. place. That's not the way that it happens. Well, I feel like that's that is kind of what we expect. Um, yeah. So why don't we get into those specifics in the next episode then, and look at MacArthur's thing. Um, that way, we have a little bit of cliffhanger here, and and you know, people have a little skin. It's like they've come right. this far. Eat the hook. They'll, they'll probably yeah. right. Probably just look it up. Maybe I don't know. Well, don't, don't tell them that. Um, but that would be good though, because maybe then, because I'll you know I'll put the links um, to MacArthur's message and to Vody's message uh, will be in the description. Um, so if if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to click on those and then kind of go right to those those on there. If you're listening to us, it'll be in the show notes um, or just search out John MacArthur on God's will. And same thing, Vody Bacham on discerning or finding God's will. Uh, Those are two excellent messages. I think that they specifically talk about a biblical basis for it. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll dive into that more um, in the next episode. And then I also have a, uh, what I call my, my, my three spheres. Um, I think I got this from someone else, but I can't remember who. So now I just call it mine. Um, it's, it's my, (laughs) it's my three spheres for determining God's will, because I think this can be not just big things, right? But a lot of people will get stuck on 
should I buy a house? Should I buy this car? Should I date mm. this person? And they're right. all waiting for, you know, uh, throwing out a fleece um, to determine that. And it doesn't have to be that difficult. So, so next episode, what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk about some of the specifics and how to find God's will. Um, so be sure you tune in for that. Uh, again, we're, we're going to have a lot of information and resources available. Um, you, so you can find those in the show notes. We also do have things again on, on sovereignjoy.org that, that tie into these things um, that will kind of help you make these decisions. Uh, so be sure to check that out. So I'm um, sorry if this was just more of a, a discussion time on this podcast, but we'll have a lot more of the meat and potatoes next time. But uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in here and uh well we hope to see you guys next time